We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date. Detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply. Welcome to another one of these. It's Trip Formations. I'm Austin York. That's Tristan Rines. Our other trio, Alex Solis, is out this weekend uh, or this week with uh, dealing with some personal issues. He will be back next week. We promise you that. Mm-hmm. But we think we can hold down the fort for the time being because we've got a lot to talk about. And unfortunately, it's not that great because the Cowboys lost 28-16 <laughs> to 16 to yeah. the hapless Arizona Cardinals, a team that they were... I think 13-point favorites over when it started. Yeah, last week uh, we were talking Vegas. about it. We were talking about it like it was a layup, hardly even a conversation, and yeah. now and disappointment. It, it just goes to show in the NFL that anything can happen. We see these things from time to time, and it happens to the Cowboys every now and then. It used to happen all the time in the Jason Garrett era. But I, I will ask you, uh, what were you most surprised at watching that game uh, what was the thing that stood out to you that you thought, well, that's just not Dallas Cowboy football? I or mean, was there anything? I mean, overall, I mean, you look at it from a paper perspective, and the the Cowboys had the talent. You know what I mean? It it just didn't show up. I know historically Arizona is kind of that like that little you know flea that just kind of nibbles at Dallas every the time they play them for some reason. That's like that weird kryptonite team everybody has. It just happens to be the Cardinals. Um, overall, just red zone inefficiency. That's been the big topic this week overall regarding the Cowboys offense. Dak Prescott's even addressed it in media a couple of times. I mean, they need to get better in the red zone. Uh, that that fourth that fourth quarter interception when they were trying to vie for a comeback, it's just an awful pick. Threw it in a damn near triple coverage, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, I would say red zone inefficiency is the big highlight there for Dallas, or low light, if you will. Yeah, I look at the defense. That really surprised me. I think they played a lot better in the second half. I think that was pretty much accepted by everybody. The first half was just a debacle. I didn't think that the Arizona Cardinals would be able to run all over them like they did. Although Arizona is a better rushing attack than many people are giving them credit for because they're winless. They don't really know, but James Conner looked pretty good yeah. against that uh, Dallas defense. I just thought it wasn't the physicality of it. I just thought that they, they missed some tackles they normally would make. You saw that big play uh, with a wide-open receiver, completely blown coverage. Mm-hmm. That, Dan Quinn pointed out, the Cowboys under his tenure have not really done that in the last several years. So to see that guy get that wide open and nobody around him, yeah. I think Hooker had to find a, finally eventually get down there. 
but I really was a little surprised at that. And I think that that really put Dallas behind the eight ball. Then in the second half, yeah, it almost completely shifted. And it looked like the red zone. Like, what is going on with the red zone? They moved the ball between the 20s pretty easily. Mm-hmm. But then once they got it, not even really inside the 20, it was inside the 10. Yeah. Once they got in there, it just seemed to stall. I, I didn't see anything that really concerned me, though. It, it didn't seem like, wow, they just inefficiency. It just seemed to me like some of the play calling may not have been the best, and the execution didn't seem to be the best. And at the end of the day, it looked like Arizona might have just played harder. I, I don't know. I think I might have mentioned this. We have a little group chat between you, between the three of us, excuse me. And this was Arizona's Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this was, they showed it up and they is. were like, hey, this is the biggest game we're going to probably play all season. Let's give it everything we have. I mean, we got, we have so much less to lose here. And I know it's only week three of the regular season. There's so much time ahead for Dallas and for everybody in the NFL to correct and build on, on mistakes and become better football teams. But, yeah, this was Arizona Super Bowl. They've showed up and they played like it. They made a lot of big plays. I think another thing for Dallas that's immediately becoming evident is they they obviously miss Trayvon Diggs. Stephon Gilmore played as well as he could, but he was getting burned up by Marquise Brown at a number of, t- uh, of times during that game as well. They just kind of came in. I think maybe Dallas just walked in with the idea that we should win this game and didn't quite put it together on the field, of course. I'm going to push back a little bit of that because I thought that Trayvon Diggs' absence really wasn't felt at all. I thought Deron Bland did a pretty good job on the other side. Who's He's the one that's taken up uh, Diggs' position. And then you had Jordan Lewis in there. I just thought it was in the second half they really clamped down a lot more. I also do want to point out, and I hate to be one of these guys, but I do think that it, it does bear – mentioning that you had two major calls that were not called, both in the end zone for the Dallas Cowboys, and you had Michael Gallup getting absolutely mugged in the end zone, which the flag was originally thrown and then picked up. That would have been at least a pass interference at the one. And the same thing went with CeeDee Lamb. He was clearly interfered with. He didn't even try for the ball because he he just thought, oh, I'm going to get this flag. It's so obvious. And they didn't give him the flag. Those were two big penalties that were not called in favor of the Cowboys. And then we had a bunch of penalties that were called on the Cowboys. Mike uh, McCarthy, at the beginning, his first season, they had a problem with penalties. And he really has made an emphasis in the last two seasons. Look, we're going to cut down on the penalties. And the Cowboys have done a pretty good job of doing that. So to see that creep its ugly head again uh, really was kind of sickening. But I, I think you... Those two missed calls really did change the course of the game quite a bit. Can't hang it all on that, of course. But those those were pretty significant. Yeah, I mean, you can only do but so much against refereeing. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, you still have to make the plays within the given opportunities you have. Uh it's that's just kind of the philosophy at least like bell belichick being the patriots fan has always been well you can't beat the refs you can only do but so much but every other play you're still supposed to try to succeed and win and they just didn't make enough plays generally um but yeah those two big calls definitely hurt i will say what i was surprised in a good way i don't know if surprised is the right word but i was encouraged to see the resurgence of Michael Gallup. I thought he had his best game in probably... The last like three or four years, almost, yeah. yeah. Uh, it seems like he really was back. 
Uh, he, he was catching the ball authoritatively, meaning that he went up and snatched it. That's what they need him to do. They need to get him going. Uh, I was worried about that. I think I mentioned that in the last podcast, and he seemed to really get it going. So I really like that uh, going for the Cowboys. And you know what? Say what you will, I really like that running game. I looked at Tony Pollard. He rushed for, I believe, it was over five yards and, a carry. 122 total yards, 5.3 per carry. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And it seemed, and then Rico Dowdle got in, involved, and he scored a touchdown, and he was – to me, he's one of those nasty runners. It's just his his wheels are going to keep on moving until you absolutely take him out from underneath him. I like that. I like that hard, vicious, angry running that he seems to go with. And so I was encouraged by those things. Again, I think this overall loss, I would pin as, hey, S happens in the NFL. Yeah, I'm not too worried by anything I think I saw. What were the things that maybe – would worry you if you're a Cowboy fan looking long-term? And what encouraged you by that game, if anything? Well, the encouraging aspect here is it's only week three. You know what I mean? You don't want to have terrible losses like this, you know, in the second half of the season or near the final three weeks of the season. I mean, penalty issues and... If there is any optimism to come out of a loss, of course, it's that you learn more from a loss than you do from a win. It's the old adage, right? I think Dallas really is going to have a lot of bulletin board material to work on as they progress. They have, of course, the New England Patriots coming to town this upcoming Sunday who are probably a little bit of a tougher test than the Arizona Cardinals. So you you take away what you can. There, there There's room for improvement, and more or less it gets the – What's the word I'm trying to get at here? More or less, if you losing early isn't always the worst thing, you know what yeah. I mean? Again, you it just can refocus you. Exactly, exactly. And that's what even uh, Dak Prescott said. He said it's it's harder, it's easier to get refocused after a loss than it is after a win. And I, I can understand that. You beat the heck out of the Jets. You beat the heck out of the Giants. You come in and you're you're supposed to focus on a team like Arizona who sucks. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, okay, yes, we are. And I, I bet you they had a great week of practice. I bet you they did all the right things. But then, you, you know, in the middle of the week, you did have to take the news that Trayvon Diggs is gone. That probably hurt them a bit. They did have three offensive linemen that were basically game-time decisions. All were yeah. called out. And these are big names, Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, and then Biotish. So you, you're going with three guys on the basic left side, mm-hmm. you know, kind of middle of your lineup there. I will say Zach uh, or Tyler Smith played pretty well in his season debut, so I like that. Hopefully they'll get that offensive line back. I think that, that may have played a part in what they could call. I don't know. But either way, I think it is just like you mentioned, one loss. The next team uh, that's coming up is your team. Yep. You've been pretty open about the yep. New England Patriots. You're wearing a Boston Red Sox hat. Yeah, we're, we're in a Pats shirt, uh, Red Sox a hat. Shirt while we're filming or uh, recording this, <laughs> filming this, we're recording this. And so, what do you think? I have been very thoroughly unimpressed with New England in the first. I, I was the first game of the season against New England or uh, Philadelphia. I thought yeah. they played pretty well. The second game, no. And I really didn't think they played all that great against the Jets, but they got a win. Yeah, I mean, from the Patriot fan perspective here, they have a total lack of identity on offense. And they're progressively getting a little better, but it is it is really, really a slugfest uh, within that locker room, more or less, to just, like, will some kind of offense. You know what I yeah. mean? The defense... 
I, I'm very excited yeah, about. Rookie, uh, Christian quarter. Gonzalez. In fact, he won uh, Rookie of the Month, I believe. Yeah, on def- the defensive yeah. Side of Christian the ball. Gonzalez is really, really good. Um, I think a lot of like the the analysts and scouts thought he was going to be good. It was a natural fit, but. Uh, the offense is really worrying for me. I mean, Mac Jones is doing everything he possibly can out there, but the offensive line health is really limiting what the offense can do. He's being pressured upwards of 30% uh, per, per snap, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so he, there's just not a lot of timing. Yeah, the offense is really, really, mess, really, really messy. Excuse when you me. pair them up against the Dallas defensive line, is that a, just a match made in hell for you guys? I mean... On paper. On paper, at. yeah. I mean, Micah Parsons is absolutely phenomenal. He, he's going to be the main focus, of course, for Bill Belichick's scheme uh, this upcoming Sunday. I am worried overall. I think this is not going to be a pretty game for either side, if I'm being completely honest here. The Patriots do have a pretty decent history playing the Dallas Cowboys, but Dallas has a lot of offense on both sides of the football. They have the coordinators with Dan Quinn. Um, this is going to be a slugfest, though. I really do feel that way. The last game was in New England. They won that game in overtime. This mm-hmm. time it is at AT&T Stadium. Go ahead and make your predictions before we turn into the rest of the league and things that, that popped up. I think the Cowboys are getting healthier, Yeah, especially on the offensive line. I think, again, as, as you go into this week, it looks like they're going to be as close to near health minus Trayvon Diggs as you can possibly get. Yeah, uh, We're still worrying about Tyron Smith a little bit. Uh, he worked on the side today. So the Cowboys are going to be pretty full, full go. I will look at this game, and I always like when the Cowboys lose a game that they shouldn't under the Mike McCarthy era because they usually respond mm-hmm. very well. So I'm thinking that that's going to happen again. I would be very surprised if they came out as flat as they did against Arizona, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I do think they're going to get better on the red zone uh, area. So I'm picking the Cowboys to win this game. I, the line is seven points. Yeah, I think that might be a bit much. I might take New England uh, plus seven, but I'll take the Cowboys to win overall. You. I think this, like I said, I think it's going to be a real slugfest here. I don't expect the Cowboys to get a lot of big plays. I think they're really going to have to work for a lot of the offense uh, in this matchup. New England doesn't do terribly well historically against the run, so I'm expecting Tony Pollard to probably have a pretty big day yardage-wise, but that secondary is going to be pretty tight up against even Gallup and Cooks and, of course, CeeDee Lamb. Overall, though, Dallas does have health on their side. New England does not. I I think there's a path for New England to win this game. They're potentially an an upset pick for me, but I think Dallas should win this game. It might be maybe a three- or four-point margin. I expect New England to at least keep it close. But, yeah, I think by the fourth quarter, it's just going to be who has a better offense, Dallas. All righty, we're looking at the week that was. Anything stand out to you in the week uh, that we just saw besides Taylor Swift and, and Travis Kelsey there? <laughs> I mean, that, that seems like anything, the only thing anyone wanted to talk about, especially, in the, I guess, in the ESPN. I don't know about you, but I looked at Twitter sure. and it was the nothing about the NFL. It was only that. Yeah. I saw that video with her and Travis walking out of the stadium probably 40 or 50 times before I could even get past another story. Yeah. So it's just unbelievable. Apparently she's supposed to be there Yeah. Uh, in New York against the Jets. 
I mean, Sunday night football. I mean, God, she's picked a house. pair of games that the Chiefs should absolutely oh, have absolutely. no problems winning. Um, so, last week for the Chiefs was really a get-right game outside of the Taylor Swift-like phenomenon, which, I mean, you know, good for Travis Kelsey, right? Huge catch. Great for him. But, no, that was a really big get-right game for them last week against the Chicago Bears. Chicago, of course, dealing with everything that you could possibly throw under the sun at an organization at the moment. I mean, there's all sorts of issues with the offense. The defensive coordinator just stepped away. I mean, Justin Fields, there's questions about who is really at fault for this. You know what I mean? So, yeah, Kansas City had a pretty big layup. Of course, last week with that, with the Swift Swift phenomenon, the Miami Dolphins destroyed the yeah. Denver Broncos 70 I think points. That's the, that's the other thing that I that really stood out to me. Is yeah. I... Uh, I think even more so, and, and, and oddly, they're going, or ironically, they're going to be playing each other, but minus the Bears, I think the Denver Broncos right now are in a total tailspin. I don't yeah. know. And I was very surprised that a Sean Payton coach team, because I've heard so many good things about him in the locker room as a leader, that uh, usually people are, are pretty tight in there. Uh, there's The execution is pretty good. You don't see a lot of... Um, just a play like that, and for that to just get out of hand the way it did, uh, that's surprising to me. And, that, that, I mean, you, first of all, you don't see 70 points scored in the NFL period yeah. since, what, the 50s? The the last time, I think they set an NFL record since, like, 1966. Yeah, if they would have kicked a field goal, they would have tied it, and yeah. if they had have scored one more time, they would have broken that record. So, I mean, I mean, kudos to Miami for not rubbing it in, I guess, but still. And they could have. They, they were they in position have. to kick yeah, the field goal. And... Them for not kicking a field goal to win it. I mean, to, to set the record. But the point I'm making is yeah. that just was really surprising to me. 70 points in the NFL is unheard of today. Yeah. And letting I'm doing that to a team, it doesn't matter how bad that team is. Yeah. And so I will say this. I do think that the Dolphins are not going to be scoring 70 or anywhere close to that no. this time around. But we'll start with the first game, probably the two laughing stocks of the NFL right now. The Denver Broncos and the Chicago Bears. This is in Chicago. Both are winless. Something's got to give. Somebody has to win this game, I guess is the idea, right? I mean, they could tie. They're both pretty bad. Um, (laughs) I'm going to go with the Denver Broncos. I mean, they're both in tailspins at the moment, to be completely honest with you. But I think this could have the weird potential to be a good, bad game, if that makes sense. So give me Denver by, like, four. I'm taking Denver, and I don't really care about the points and the spread. I think that Denver is clearly better than Chicago. I say clearly because I look at Chicago, and I, I see this could be the worst team in the league. And it starts with the quarterback. I don't know what's Justin Fields. I watched him. He seems so uncertain. It's almost sad because he is a great athlete. He does have the ability to scramble, and it seems like he is so hesitant to even do that. It, it just doesn't um, seem like he's developed since he no. got into the league. I mean, the issues that I saw from his tape when I was looking at him coming into the NFL out of Ohio State, he still has the same issues. He doesn't really look off coverage as much. He kind of just eyes in one guy as hot route and doesn't really move off of him. I mean, yeah, it's the same issues. I never really thought that he would be a great quarterback, so I didn't have the high expectations. I did see him last year do some incredible things athletically, and so yeah. I thought he might keep things. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. He's competitive, and if he had a good receiver, maybe he could do some things to the air, but neither one of those things are happening. Moving on to a team that is two and one versus a team that is one and two, and I would have flipped these records, quite honestly. Atlanta Falcons and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars are one and two. Yeah. They didn't look pretty good. They haven't looked good in the last couple of weeks. Uh, they got upset last week. Now they're in Jacksonville. Well, in London. Oh, yeah, London. Yes, yeah. you're right. You're right. Uh, Jacksonville is a home team, technically. I'm looking at the thing. But, yes, they are across the pond there. What do you see this one going? I think the Falcons, they lost last week. I think uh, the Falcons are might be coming back down to earth. Jacksonville needs this one. Yeah, Jacksonville does. I think they're going to perform well on the on the road at home, whatever you want to call it. And they're used to London. So yes, it's not, they, 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 they volunteer to make this trip every year. I mean, Jacksonville, this is kind of that get-right game for them, in my opinion. Atlanta's punching a little bit above their weight at the moment as far as the record is concerned, but it's really all just Bijan Robinson. I, I don't no. expect Desmond Ritter to go out there and outperform Trevor He's, Lawrence. He is really not impressive to me at all. Uh, in the first three weeks, I'm impressed with the fact that he has. They're, they're a fighting team. They're very. I mean, all those games really have yeah. been pretty close. They got a good secondary. I mean, AJ Terrell and Jesse Bates are both playing very good football. It's just I think Jacksonville should just Jacksonville outperform is them. The better team, and they'll eventually it comes around. In the first few weeks of the season, you're still trying to feel it all out, and I yeah. think that that's that's probably what's happening to them. Uh, the next game is another team that I think is doing the same thing. A one and two Cincinnati Bengals team, a team that you picked going to the Super Bowl mm-hmm. for the AFC against the Tennessee Titans, who also one and two in Tennessee. Where are you going here? This one's going to be ugly. I, I really don't think this is going to be a pretty football game. Both these offenses are kind of still figuring themselves out at the moment. Burrow started to look like he was coming together, though, at the end of that Monday night football game against the Rams. I'm going to go with Cincinnati here. I think Tennessee is going to bring some interesting defensive packages to the table, but Cincinnati should still win this one based on talent alone. Uh, yeah, give me the Bengals. I think they I think they probably win this by maybe even 10. Uh, I don't, it's a two-and-a-half spread there in favor of the Bengals. 
I think the Bengals win. I don't know if it's by 10. I do think that they – Joey Burrow is just not himself. That's the only thing that bothers me. I, I watched him against the Rams. He just looks a bit off. I know it's probably his health. Um, I just don't know that he is he is back where he needs to be. I know, though, that Tennessee, to me, looks like a team that is ready to start rebuilding. Uh, yeah. Ryan Tannehill is – He ain't it. No, it's, <laughs> it's over, and I don't know. I'm pretty sure Will Levis is going to be in there sooner rather than later uh, because they have to see what they have with him. Derrick Henry has had a very slow start to the season. I, I think uh, the other running back they have, and I don't even know his name. Uh, I think Tajay he, Spears? Yeah, Spears, that's it. He's – I think he's out touching him right now, so – or it's close. I just think that the the Tennessee Titans are not what they used to be as far as defensive. I mean, it was only a couple of years ago. They're they almost in denial. They should have started this rebuild, in my opinion, last year. I mean, while they still had some pretty good value yeah, attached to Derrick Henry. Yeah, Andre Hopkins. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, it, uh, it just feels like they're a little bit of in denial uh, for the rebuild. But it's coming, man. Whether you want it to or not, this Titans team is going to be rebuilding soon. This is an interesting one. The Buccaneers and the Saints in New Orleans. The Buccaneers played a Monday Night Football. I thought did okay against the the Eagles for a little bit. Uh, the Saints just completely blew a game. They had a seventeen nothing lead against the Green Bay Packers, and then uh, their car gets hurt, and that changed the outcome of the game. The eighteen unanswered points. They lose. I think that the Saints with Jameis Winston are a much different team, though. And so I'm I'm going Tampa Bay here. I like Baker. I really do. I think yeah. that he – if you give him a team and give him consistency, I think he can do some things when he's healthy, and he seems to be. I don't blame that loss uh, in, in Philadelphia at all on him. I just saw it. They didn't have much of a line, and Philadelphia really brought the heat. Yeah, Philadelphia was just the better team from beginning to end uh, for that game. But Baker Mayfield is playing pretty well this season. I'm going to go Buccaneers here as well. I I really don't love (laughs) Jameis Winston. Uh, For some reason, this offense just doesn't look very organized with him on the field. Um, They they look like they're built to succeed with Derek Carr, but even Derek Carr looked like he was struggling at times. I'm going to go Tampa Bay here. I, I think Tampa Bay should take this one by at least a field goal. The next game is the Washington Commanders against the Philadelphia Eagles, who we just talked about. The Commanders looked good in the first couple of weeks, but then got smoked last week by the Bills. That wasn't even close. Mm-hmm. Uh, did the shine come off the Commanders, and are the Eagles just going to trounce them here? It's they've got a nine. I guess they're they're favored by nine. The Eagles are. Yeah, I'm I'm taking Philly at home. It's. It's not going to be close. I mean, Washington had a couple of good weeks where they got to pat themselves on the back for beating a couple of teams that they were either evenly matched with or probably even a little bit better. But, yeah, they they walked into a playoff contending, Super Bowl contending Buffalo Bills and just got humbled. I'm going to go a little bit different here. I think the Eagles squeak this one out. I think it's going to be close. And I'll tell you that the the Redskins, or excuse me, what the commanders, I should say, they're the ones that really remember. They were the ones that handed Eagle, the Philadelphia Eagles their first loss last year. I know it's a different team, but they still have a pretty good defense. And I think that the Philadelphia Eagles. I've watched them, and I've watched them really struggle at times. They give up a lot of points, and Jalen Hurts just is not Jalen Hurts from last year. He's getting away with stuff. If you look at his stat lines, he's throwing picks. And he's not throwing for as many yards as he did. Now he doesn't have to when you got DeAndre Swift playing like he is. 
But I really do believe that this is going to be a closer game. And I think Sam Howell might be a little bit better than people are, are thinking about him right now. I think it's going to be close. It's hard, though, to pick against Philadelphia at home. So I'm still going with them. But I think this game might be a little bit of a surprising close game, if that makes sense. This is an interesting one. We just talked about the Dolphins scoring 70. I don't know that this has ever happened in the history of the NFL where you got a team scoring 70 and then they're the underdogs yeah. going on the road to the Bills. The Bills are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Bills win this game? Do they uh, shut down this vaunted Dolphins offense? I don't know if they shut it down, but the Bills do have the firepower, in my opinion, to keep up. They had some pretty tough games last year against the same Miami Dolphins team. I think Buffalo does have enough defensive talent to at least hang with Miami and keep this thing close. Give me the Buffalo Bills in this one. I think that the Buffalo bu- bu- excuse me, let's start that over. I think the <laughs> Buffalo Bills will win this game uh, over the Dolphins. And the reason I say that is I think I've said this for a while. I think the Dolphins are they're good, but that's all they are. I think that they've run into the right teams at the right time. Don't get caught up in the 70 points. Like I said, Denver is next to maybe the Bears are a laughing stock in the league right now. I think that they come back down to earth a bit. I think you're going to start seeing the defense really puts a pressure on, on Miami. And Tua, I like the guy. I don't root against him, but I'm still I, – I don't see him as anything totally special. I don't know that he is a guy, a top-five guy or a top-ten guy, even though he's playing like it right now. I think it, he plays a tougher defense. Let's see what happens. I think Buffalo is that defense to do that or one of the defenses. So I think Buffalo wins this game at home. Josh Allen, since he had that horrible first week, he's looked pretty darn good since. He yep. hasn't been throwing the picks. Ah, he's still running a little recklessly, in my opinion. But that's but he's been doing that for like three yeah, years. <laughs> so I think the Buffalo Bills win this game. Uh, and I would even give the two and a half. All right, the Rams and the Colts. The Colts are actually 2-1. and one. They lead the AFC South, if you can believe that right now. Uh, Richardson, we don't know if he's going to play. The rookie sensation for them. Uh, but uh, Gardner Minshew looked pretty good. Got him a win last week. Whoever plays, L.A. Rams are favorite to go into Indy by just a point. Yeah. I don't know. I think the Colts might be able to pull this one off. I don't look at the Rams as, as much of a team at all. I, man, yeah, this one is really tough. I, I think if Anthony San Francisco tough, and I think that was kind of what surprised some people, but I don't know. I mean, the Rams had a pretty, well, they won week one over the Seattle Seahawks, and then they've, of course, dropped the last pair against the Bengals and the, uh, the 49ers. So... Man, this one really is tough. If Anthony Richardson plays, I'm taking the Colts. Uh, I think this one could still be kind of close, if you if you want to believe it. I think the Colts' offense is definitely more explosive with Anthony Richardson on the field. But the Rams are not playing as bad as a, as a 1-2 and two record may even indicate. They've been able to hang in there with a couple of these teams and play them really well. I like Sean McVay as a coach. But I'm going to take the Colts with Richardson. If not, maybe the Rams, but I, I I'll just the take Colts the Colts. I, again, Colts are not going to be blowing anyone out this year. They're no. not that good a team. Uh, but I don't think that the Rams are that good either. So this is close, but I think that the Colts will win in, at home. The Ravens, 2-1. and one. Again, this is a Ravens team to me that has not looked very good against the Cleveland Browns team that looked good at times, 
But then that middle game against the Steelers looked terrible. Where do you go here? I think both these teams are kind of schizophrenic in my mind. Ravens in Cleveland. I mean, the Ravens could have been three and zero. There was a missed call against that Colts yeah. in that Colts game that very well could have just been a pass interference. I'll give but you that, yeah. man, yeah, you're right though. The Ravens are a little. They're just not the right, quite right. There's something about them when you watch them that is not quite as convincing as a two and zero or two and one or a three and zero. But Cleveland, Deshaun Watson just is not Deshaun Watson of old either. So I think this is just going to be a defensive battle. I'm going to take Cleveland in this one. I like their pass rush a little bit more here. Uh, Baltimore, I I like Lamar. I like what they do have on offense, but I, I just don't quite see them eking it out past Cleveland. Not, in, not Cleveland, in Cleveland. Yeah, that defense has been absolutely shut down this year. People aren't realizing that defense is, uh, the defense for the Cleveland Browns has given up the fewest yards in the NFL. They're real, uh, something like 450, and everyone else is around 600. So that defense has really been clamped down, and I think that they are a team that can shut down a Lamar uh, Jackson, even if he is starting to run. I, I think that Cleveland wins this game in Cleveland and improves to 3-1. and one. Then who knows where we go from there. I am with you, though. I don't know that Deshaun Watson has, has gotten right yet, so we'll see if he ever does. Here's an interesting one. The Steelers in Houston to take on the Texans. Uh, the Texans have lost. They're 1-2, and two, but they've looked pretty good at times. The Steelers offensively, to me, are horrible. Yeah. Uh, Najee Harris is nowhere. Kenny Pickett has looked like he's he's unconvincing. I, he, he <laughs> I don't even know. I mean, I don't know if I ever was a believer in him, but he hasn't done anything to change that. You know, they're honoring J.J. Watt. I guess in this game, his brother's there. I'm taking the Texans just because. Maybe uh, C.J. Shroud, who's played pretty good, by the way. Mm-hmm. I, I've all, I've never been convinced of any of these quarterbacks, but I mean the two of them, Richardson and Shroud, have played okay. I'll take the Texans in this one. The the Texans actually started hitting a pretty good offensive stride last week against Jacksonville. Tank Dell getting more involved had a huge yeah. he had a huge like past couple of weeks. Picked him up on fantasy. Oh, great pickup for you. But yeah, Tank Dell has been a really big piece for this offense lately. I think Damian Pierce is probably going to start getting a little bit more involved. He's been kind of quiet uh, to start the season, but. Yeah, the Steelers' offense is just abysmal. I know the Steelers' defense is real good, and they should be real good against a rookie, but I don't know if Pittsburgh is going to be able to find enough points, honestly. I'm going to take the Texans. I, th- I am too, and I think that C.J. Shroud will probably be the difference in this this game. Vikings and Panthers, uh, both winless. This is going to be an interesting game because I really do believe that if Kirk Cousins loses this game, and he is playing lights out, by yeah. the way. It's not his fault they're 0-3. But if he somehow loses this game to Carolina, I do believe that Minnesota might start listening to offers, mainly from a team like maybe the Jets, who might need a quarterback if they think we're just a quarterback away and we've got the team. Something like that. I just don't know that Minnesota is going to sit on an 0-4 team and just if somebody would want a guy like Cousins to join immediately – that they would just say, oh, okay, we'll we'll just pass and keep him. But being that being said, Minnesota in Carolina, it looks like uh, Bryce Young probably, I don't know, I've heard that he may or may not go probably on the not side if I was to bet. Could be Andy Dalton again, who really looked pretty good last week. What do you think about this one? 
I think Minnesota should win this game. Uh, Minnesota is the more talented roster walking in here. I know Carolina has a good defense, but their offense is still kind of spotty to me. We don't even know who's going to be the starting quarterback this week. Like you just mentioned, Minnesota needs to win this game. And I think that's going to play a big factor here. They're going to have they're going to be walking into this matchup even seeing their old pal Adam Thielen, you know, give him a wave across the sideline. They're going to walk into this game with the fire of we have to win this game. <laughs> and yeah. I know it's only week 4, but the expectations were high walking into the season and so far they have not been met. Uh, things will change if they lose this this matchup. I think it, it could be fun. It could be close, but yeah. by the fourth quarter, Minnesota should pull away in this You're one. You're right. Minnesota, I think, is going to win this game uh, against Carolina. But I would like to see kind of in the back of my head, what if they do drop to 0-4, then, then what it happens. Uh, but I think Minnesota, like you said, is a more talented team, especially on the offensive side of the ball. This is another one that's interesting. Raiders and Chargers, they have the same record, both 1-2. and two. But I think clearly the Chargers are the better team. I watched the Raiders on Sunday night football against the Steelers, and I like Jimmy G. I've always thought I root for the guy, but, boy, his offensive line did not give him any time. He may have suffered a concussion. They still had a chance to win late, but it just wasn't his night. I don't think the Raiders pull this off in L.A. against the Chargers. I think the Chargers finally might be getting to where they need to be. I mean, Keenan Allen fantasy owners have to be salivating at this matchup. Yeah. I think he is going to tear the Raiders' secondary apart. I think the Chargers are going to win this one by double digits, man. The Raiders just don't quite have it. I mean, it's Devontae Adams, and just throw it to Devontae, and if he's not there, maybe Jacoby's open Jacoby, five yards yeah. under, underneath. And that's that's the entire offense at this moment. And so. we're looking at a team that you heard Crosby uh, kind of getting a little pissy at, at the end of the last week and in this week. And Devontae, Devontae was Adams very vocal. Saying, yeah, I don't have time to wait around. So I, I think that the things might be starting to unravel a little bit there for Las Vegas. Not that they were expected to do anything anyway, but... Chargers had high expectations. I think they're going to start. It's the only, it's the only place in Vegas where the house doesn't win. Yeah, well, that's absolutely the case. That's a good one. I have to remember that one. Chargers are five-and-a-half-point favorites, by the way. Uh, Arizona, the team that the Cowboys hate, uh, playing the team that the Cowboys <laughs> hate even more, the 49ers, in San Francisco, though. I'm seeing 14-point 14 favorites. 14-point favorites. Uh, look. We said this last week that I don't I don't think that there's any way the Cardinals win this game. I know. But again, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think I'll say I, it. I'll, I'll say it. Okay. I don't see a way that the Arizona Cardinals win this week. So if they do, you can just come back to me next yeah. week and laugh at me. It's fine. It, it just. But I thought that last <laughs> week, and I, I really did. I didn't. I thought that they were banged up in in the, the wrong places against the Cowboys. Yeah. And and they did what they did. So anything can happen. I just don't see how Dobbs pulls it out again. No, this this 49ers uh, defense. 49ers defense. But Ugh. I said this against – I mean, everything I'm saying this week is exactly what I said last week about yeah. the Cowboys defense. So, who knows? This is a crazy – they're all professionals. Anything can happen. So, But I think I'm not putting any money on the phone <laughs> at all. All right, here's the one that has all the Swifties in the world uh, watching and – I guarantee NBC pops a huge rating for this I, just I, because of her. You can't believe that without Aaron Rodgers in this matchup, oh my God. <laughs> that yeah. this game might be the most watched of the season that and isn't I, the I Super Bowl. I can only imagine if he was playing. That's the thing. I know. You had Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and then you had this Taylor Swift 
thing. But the Chiefs are going to the Big Apple to take on the New York Jets. Uh, the Jets, speaking of a team coming apart, you've got, if you listen to reports, a lot of angry guys saying that the coach is just basically sticking up for Zach Wilson a little too much. Anyway, he seems to be the starter. It doesn't seem like it's going to change. The I mean, Chiefs are nine-point favorites. Jets still have a pretty good defense, but yeah, no, this again, is going to be one of those anyway that the the Jets pull it out. No, but here's what I'm taking from this matchup: uh, the Chiefs obviously have kind of started the season a little bit slow, uh, albeit last week was a bit of an outlier uh, for this conversation. This is going to be a week where you see the Chiefs really experiment on offense because there's not a lot of consequence. Their defense should be able to slow down and hold the Jets to less than 15, 14 points. So if the Chiefs can score 21, I think they're really going to be experimenting. That might be the only way this is a game is because by the fourth quarter, Andy Reid will finally start pulling out the real playbook. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, kind of it's probably going to be it, though. I don't. I don't know, unless the Jets somehow get – it just seems like nothing has worked on offense, and, and it really does start with Zach Wilson. And what's so amazing is this story, I think, should be looked at as what can happen if you don't have your starting quarterback. Yeah. That really, the whole season goes to hell. And we're talking about a great defense, and then the Cowboys score 30 on them. Yep. And it, it just – now they're looking at the Chiefs. They're one and two. You're looking at the Chiefs, and it doesn't look like the Chiefs are going to be any. I mean, this is just I don't, a rough schedule. I don't know if the Jets are going to win more than one more game the rest of the season. I've yeah, looked ahead at their schedule, horrible. man. When like, you think it's, about it, they, these were Super Bowl contenders with, yeah. with Aaron Rodgers. I'm almost shocked the NFL didn't just flex this game out of prime time. You well, know what I mean? They're glad they didn't <laughs> because now you have the Swift uh, Swifties coming in, which is unbelievable. But I'm I'm picking the the Chiefs in this minus nine. I think they should do that. Again, there's just nothing on offense that, that they can go to. Yep. And the Monday night game is is kind of one I think could be a good game. It's not sexy at all. No. The Seattle Seahawks in New York to take on the Giants. The last two times these teams have played, they've collectively scored less than 20 points both matchups. It's something like that. They don't yeah, score I, a lot of points I, in these I'm matchups aware, for some I reason. I would not be surprised. Uh, I... The only thing I can say about this is I think the Seahawks win, uh, just because I do think the Giants are still, especially they've they've got they've taken a beating mm-hmm. in the first three games. They played play the a very physical Cowboy team, a very physical 49er team. They didn't they were down to Arizona before they came back. I, I just think that this team has really experienced some hardships early on, and it doesn't seem like they have gotten any really answers out of any of it. And I do like the fact that Geno Smith has really looked great for Seattle in the last two games. Um, so I think that they, I think Seattle wins this game pretty handily. Um, I don't really know that this is going to be much flash. I think it may be seventeen to three or seventeen to ten or something like that. I don't think it's a high scoring affair. Yeah, it's not going to be. It's it might not be one of those oh you know burn the barn doors off and everybody's scoring all the time but this this might still have some interesting just watching potential. I, Saquon Barkley I, I really like Kenneth Walker on the other sideline. You've got oh, yeah. a pair of very very good running backs in this matchup. Uh, Daniel Jones versus Geno Smith is not quite a sexy headline for you, but I mean it's what we've got here. This game could be fun. I'm gonna take Seattle here. I, I think it's gonna be just. Talent on talent. They've got a lot of talent on those skill positions, man. D- DK Metcalf, 
uh, Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, their first-round pick. And then, of course, Walker. And then they had a second-round pick, uh, Zach Charbonnet, as well. So Seattle's just got a lot of firepower. I don't know that you can contain them for four quarters. All right, and that is done with the picks, but I do want to get your reaction. It's at half right now. The Detroit Lions leading the Packers in Green Bay, 27-3. Uh, just to, before looking at the stats or anything, what's your reaction to that? Uh, it, do you, I don't know what you thought about Detroit. I don't know if you were on their bandwagon or oh, on I the was. train. Okay. Oh, I was hype. Yeah, okay. I'm here for it. And Green Bay and, and Jordan Love, have is this exactly what you thought they were? They have been, this is a very big trial year. They're figuring things out. This is the first year Jordan Love has full reign over this offense. You're going to have some ugly wins. You're going to have some ugly losses. And this is probably going to be one of those ugly losses. Um, I, I, I think that Green Bay is just, again, the expectations shouldn't be terribly high this year. They've got a good defense. They've got good pieces. They're getting healthier, but they're not very healthy at the moment. They just sent their left tackle to IR, uh, David Bakhtiari. So the expectations shouldn't be terribly high for Green Bay at the moment. They had a very impressive comeback win over the Saints. Yeah. But, again, this is effectively like a rookie season for Jordan Love. I know he's a year four, he's been in the league, and he sat behind Rodgers, but this is our real first opportunities to look at him. We're learning here. Detroit, would, yeah, Detroit would, should have won this game. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't get so excited at this, but I do think that Detroit, if they win this game, if this continues like this, uh, that they are clearly showing themselves as the class of the NFC North, mm-hmm. which is something that I think a lot of people expected. I thought it would be a little bit closer division, uh, and it still could be. We're still only in week four. But I think Detroit is really showing themselves to be a force uh, to be reckoned with in the NFC. And, and nobody else in that division stopping them. Again, Green Bay, they're figuring themselves out. Chicago thought horrible. they had some answers, and they're horrible. And Minnesota were, you know, last year they were – they won a bunch of games by a very tight margin, and this year it's now coming back. Now games. they're losing all those games. So, yeah, Detroit, it's their window right now. It's the Trips Formation. I'm Austin York. He is Tristan Rines. We promise Alex Solis will be back next week. Until then, have a good one. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.